Yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the awesome.com NFL strategy show. Not a showdown edition, as a matter of fact. We've got two games today coming at you with Vegas, Cleveland that got pushed from Saturday, and Minnesota, Chicago, which was your originally scheduled game. Five o'clock, 8.15 Eastern time tonight. It's nice having two games for a Monday night slate. But the problem is, and I'm Dave Lockwood, by the way, along with Matt Kajeski, that Matt, we don't really know who's playing. Yeah, it's going to be a really difficult one to get into, but hopefully we can discuss some contingency situations. I like these myself because we're going to have a lot of late news for DFS, which is going to give you an edge. But just at the time of recording this, we don't have all the information right now. Yeah, and look, we have a Live Before Lock show coming up today. That is what you're going to want to pay the closest. Obviously, you want to watch this, get an idea of what you're dealing with. Like Matt said, give you some contingency plans. But ultimately watching up till five o'clock is going to be important. We'll, we'll get those inactives coming in throughout the day and hopefully that'll clear things up a little bit. But Matt, I think the best way to go about this today, we, we hit on them by position and essentially just talk about what we plan on doing. If, if things go in one direction or the other, because I'm not really sure it makes sense to just take any concrete stands this early in the day. I a hundred percent agree. I do think that's the best way to go. All right, so let's do it. We'll start with quarterback, and this will be one of the. This this won't be one of our longer shows because we're just trying to set the foundation for you guys. Happy to have you with us as always. Hit that thumbs up if you haven't done so yet, and subscribe to the channel. We're almost at seventy k, sixty eight thousand nine hundred subscribers. You guys are the greatest. You make doing this a lot more uh, enjoyable. So thumbs up, subscribe, and if you want to join the channel, hit that join down below. The thumbs up. Get the custom emojis, the badges that get cooler over time, of course, uh, free super chats each month, priority question, uh, along with our, our discord subs and always get that shout out when you sign up. All right. So at quarterback, it's, it's not pretty. I mean, Saturday was even uglier when you were looking at what we had before this game got moved. You have Baker Mayfield and case Keenum Mayfield says he's asymptomatic. He, uh, hopes to get cleared today, hopes to get activated. I have no idea what's going on with Case Keenum at this point. The way I see it right now is, and, and Andy Dalton's on the COVID-19 list, that doesn't matter as much. If these guys are, if, if Baker Mayfield is able to play, do you want to roster him today? I think he's a, he's a tough guy to roster because they, you have to look down through their whole team. It, Jarvis Landry's in the COVID list. So if, if Landry can't get cleared, same thing with Austin Hooper. You're looking at his top two receivers being Donovan Peoples-Jones, and, and then, I mean, like, where where do you go from there? I think the next guy we want to mention is probably Rashard Higgins at the Stone Men, but we're not talking about, like, a strong group here. And then you're also dealing with a situation where you're playing Vegas, so they're a team that's they're, – they're competitive, and I think the spread has wildly fluctuated depending on this Baker news. But ultimately, either way, Cleveland's still favored in the game. So it's a spot where you might just see them ride the run with Nick Chubb. He's kind of been the one lone star player for this team who's been unscathed by the COVID news. I do think this is a spot where you have a run-heavy team in Cleveland already, and they're just going to embrace that in a spot where they should be able to run against Vegas. I, I think so, too. I mean, if there's one spot that really looks appealing here, it's it's Nick Chubb on the ground because you're already without Kareem Hunt, and we'll get to that, but other than other than Mayfield, I mean, you have Derek Carr in a team for the for the Raiders that is really struggling. I mean, if you look at their offensive output, just look at their points lately, Matt. 
since week nine. Okay, 16, 14, 13. Then they dropped 36 on, on Thanksgiving against Dallas, back down to 15 and 19. They've been able to get nothing going on the ground or through the air. They're without Darren Waller again today. So when you look at this Vegas team, you're relying on Renfro, who's a stud uh, and is underpriced. for. So I don't know why he's priced where he is. Deshaun Jackson, Zay Jones, wind sprints, Brian Edwards, uh, and then a guy like Foster Moreau. It, he doesn't have a lot to work with here. I mean, I think both of us probably are going to like Hunter Renfro a decent amount, but as far as just an overall collective passing game, Carr doesn't have a lot to work with either. No, he doesn't. The fact that it's a two-game slate, I think, boosts him. They're projected to play with negative game script, and volume has never really been an issue for Carr. He's just been down some of his top playmakers. Having Waller is not good. But on a two-game slate, if you're going to have passing volume, that could be enough to make the optimal lineup. And Carr is not egregiously expensive. So I think he's probably top two, top three quarterbacks. He's right on that edge for me. I think the more intriguing quarterbacks are in the game we'll talk about next. But Carr's like right there, and it's because of volume. The only worry is the total slow, and I am very worried about Cleveland just slowing this game down with the run. So he's on the fringe for me. Having a 19-point implied team total is not good, but I can see car lineups. All right, so let's go to that other game. Then. We've got Justin Fields and Kirk Cousins. What's the Has the total changed on this last? I looked at was Hold on, let me see what the total is. It's 44 and a half. It's 44 and a half right now? Yes. Okay. So, I mean, look, both games have – the Raiders Cleveland's 41 point total 44 and a half. I guess it's somewhat of an upgrade Vikings, though, seven point favorites here, Matt. So as far as quarterbacks go, Kirk cousins is in the best spot. I don't think there's any denying that 25 and a half point implied total much higher than any other team on this slate. And while they have Dalvin cook, uh, it does feel like cousins at that price will be interesting. But what about fields on the other side where you just say, you know what? Maybe I'll assume that this guy decides to run uh, a lot today and I'll take the rushing upside on a really weak slate for quarterbacks. I think Fields is the best price adjusted play in a vacuum, not considering stacks or anything like that, but Fields has been running a ton recently. He, and if you look at the last five games, he's had at least 38 in all five. He's been above 40 in three of the last four. And then he had that hundred yard rushing game in week eight, 74 yards last week. And that's something they need to use, especially if they want to be competitive. That, that is one of the best skills they can use is using fields on the ground. He's also had a bunch of volume recently. There was the weird game against Baltimore, but outside of that, he's thrown the ball at least 27 times in four of the last five games. So volume's quietly been there for fields. They're underdogs, so he should be throwing again. And then the rushing's been there as well. He's a fantastic play at 5,300. And it's a two-game slate, so you're probably stacking him no matter what. I don't really think you're really going to have that conversation today. Even if you don't intend on stacking your quarterback, you're probably just going to walk into it because we don't have a lot of options. Yeah, and in chat, uh, yes, William, Vikings do have the better receivers for sure, but they also have an elite running back, and Fields is a lot cheaper than Cousins. Fields also has that rushing upside. I mean, for Matt, Matt, honestly, on a slate like this, that, that rushing upside is really, really valuable because these might just be a bunch of low scoring games where you're, where the quarterback is not getting it done with his arm on, on either side of either of these games. So of course, Kirk cousins is, is the best actual passer on this team and he has the best weapons, but yeah, I, I, I like Justin, Justin Fields is just so much cheaper too. 
Yeah, that's what it comes down to. It's price adjusted. <clears throat> I definitely think Kirk Cousins is the better player right now, the better quarterback. He's projected for more raw points than us, but not by much. It's within a point. And when this comes down to it's a price adjusted game, we have salary constraints and there are studs we want to pay for. We have two stud backs. We have a couple stud receivers. You can't play everybody. And I think Justin Fields is an access point to other sort of elite options at your, your other positions. All right. So running back, by the way, yesterday, have you ever seen a stranger slate with among the best running backs? And I mean, it, it was Craig Reynolds was the leading rusher on the day. Duke Johnson had two scores. Uh, Deontay Foreman, I think that was that was fine, but crossed 100 yards. And then last night you had Chris Godwin go down, Leonard Fournette, Mike Evans. What a tough day for so many people in their first round of season-long playoffs, man. Yeah, not to mention all the COVID news. If you, if you have a, a team with some of the guys playing today and tomorrow, like good luck to you. I feel bad. I definitely got bounced in the only season-long league I play, so that is a tough scene. Yeah, it's been tough. I, I've there's one where I'm looking at it and I, I go, you know, there's no way I win this because I had Brady, and I had a bunch of other COVID stuff, and I had Derrick Henry and AJ Brown. They're gone. I had Antonio Brown. I'm playing against Nolan though, and Nolan has Mike <laughs> Evans, Chris Godwin, and Leonard Fournette. Oh my God, Nolan, poor guy. So you actually ended up on the better end of that. Yeah. Yeah, we'll find out. I mean, I'll still probably find a way to lose, but it was a really weird day. And, and I think maybe we find a little bit of balance here because you've got Dalvin Cook, you have Nick Chubb. Jacobs, he's fine, but Cook and, and, and Chubb, I really like these guys today. Nick Chubb specifically. I, I know that Dalvin Cook is just going to get an insane amount of work, and I do think Dearness Johnson will get worked in uh, with Kareem Hunt out. But – wouldn't the smart game plan here, even if Baker Mayfield plays, be to get Nick Chubb enough work to where he can keep the ball in your hands? I 100% agree. And I don't think you necessarily have to choose between Chubb and Dalvin Cook. I think you just play them both. The volume is so good for these guys. I think you are dealing with some opportunity costs if you don't play them. It's interesting. A two-game slate, but we have four backs we, we kind of want to use. But game script does work in both of the elite backs favored today. They're both favorites. And Kareem Hunt being out of the lineup is huge. And Kareem Hunt is on COVID, but that's not going to matter. He was ruled out before the COVID news. So don't expect Kareem Hunt either way. And we've actually seen Nick Chubb handle four targets apiece in back-to-back -back games. So he's taken on a slightly larger pass role. He's never going to have the same role as Dalvin Cook, but you're talking about a guy with elite rushing potential in a fantastic matchup who is catching a little more targets recently. So I, I, Nick Chubb's a phenomenal play. What about Dalvin Cook? You're going to have to pay for him. I, I think we will find some value on this slate just for cheap pass catchers because there aren't a lot of great top-tier pass catchers outside of Jefferson. Uh, and then Renfro is pretty much mid-priced. What do you make of Dalvin Cook here? Uh, and how much do you think you get to him today? Yeah, so much for Dalvin Cook being hurt and being limited last week. Two, oh, how ridiculous. Yeah. 27 rush attempts, 205 yards, a pair of scores, just broke the slate. So he might not be healthy, but we know he's, he's going to carry the full workload here. And it doesn't matter if they're down in the games. He hasn't had fewer than three targets in any of the last five games. And in his second most recent game, seven target performance, six catches there, 64 yards. Involved no matter what. The matchup definitely doesn't scare you. And Minnesota is another team that likes to run when they're ahead. And they're projected to play with positive game script here. I do think you can only play three of the studs. I'll include Justin Jefferson in this. 
So which one are you going to leave out? And to me right now, it's Jefferson. And we'll talk about him in a second. But with the Vikings and Cleveland both projected to play from ahead, volume should just be working for these guys. Which one did you say you'd want to leave out? Jefferson, right okay. now. Again, we, we have so much news coming later in the day. But right now, Adam Thielen might actually play in the game, un- unbelievably to me. And if he does, that's going to be the, the decision point. What about guys like Jacobs and Montgomery and other value options at running back? So you can kind of poke a little more holes in them. I don't think you can poke as many in Montgomery. He's just not going to share the backfield as much. He, he sees immense target volume, target counts of nine and seven in back-to-back weeks. When they're ahead, the volume's going to be there on the ground. They just don't have as high of a scoring expectation as Cleveland and Minnesota. So, And that's reflected in price. I mean, he's a much cheaper back. And I do think you probably want to get to three backs today because you have four potential bell cows on the slate. But right now, I think I prefer Montgomery to Jacobs because there's one little factor with Jacobs, and that's the potential return of Jalen Richard. So the, the elevated receiving work for Jacobs is coincided with Kenyon Drake going down and Jalen Richard first being injured. Then he got placed on the COVID list. So he's been activated. He should be back today. How much does he take away from Jacobs? I don't know the answer, but there's the potential that he takes some of them away. With the other three backs, you don't have that risk. Do you think there's any merit to getting to a Dearness Johnson today and just thinking that maybe he plays something similar to a Kareem Hunt role or at least gets enough work behind Nick Chubb to be viable? Because his price, unfortunately, Saturday his price was a lot cheaper. They've made some adjustments going into this Monday slate. He was a lot cheaper uh, had he been still on that Saturday slate. Yeah, I do. I do think there's some merit to playing some of these backs. Dearness Johnson, I think, is the favorite because they've shown a willingness to use multiple backs with Kareem Hunt. He doesn't exactly have the same skill set, but if Cleveland's running the ball 35, 40 times, they're going to spell Nick Chubb and you're looking to be different in tournaments. So how do you decide to do that? If you do play Dearness Johnson, I think that's going to be a ton of leverage. He's a large tournament play. And he, he definitely is not one that makes you feel comfortable. He's not going to project well, but you're playing him to gain an ownership edge. So I think those are the situations where he makes sense. And I think a guy like Richard could make similar sense in, in those kind of builds for Las Vegas. But those are pure, like if you're playing the Millie Maker, if you're playing the Ernest. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think, look, Chubb is pretty obvious. Dalvin Cook's obvious. Once you start getting into these other guys, it gets a little, it gets a lot murkier towards the bottom, I think for me at least, Matt, and maybe you have a different opinion here, happy to listen to you. I might just, like when I go and, and, and punt these players, I'm probably just going to be looking to punt it at a wide receiver position and hope that a Deshaun Jackson can catch a 70-yard touchdown or something like that because I don't know if any of these, and I mean like real punts here, have the volume to get you there. David Montgomery's been getting the clear bulk of work in, in Chicago. So there's nothing really that Williams and Herbert do to stand out. There's no real spellbacks outside of maybe Dearness Johnson, who isn't exactly a full out punt either. I agree. And it might not even be that you need to use a Deshaun Jackson type who requires the 80 yard bomb. There's so much COVID news today that you might just have a min price starter on the field for every single snap. So that might be the natural construction you're led to depending on the late news. All right, let's talk about wide receivers. Before we do, though, shout out to our sponsor, No House Advantage. I know most of you guys have already signed up there, are already playing there. But if you're not, you've got peer-to-peer player prop platform. It's phenomenal. They've got an insane menu of player props. 
And if you use the promo code AWESOMO, A-W-E-S-E-M-O, you'll get $25 when you sign up and deposit for the first time. The props are static. They don't change throughout the day. It makes it a whole lot different than any other sites, any other spots. Go to awesome or uh, go to nohouseadvantage.com. Go and download it in the App Store, the, uh, the Google Play Store, whichever one you prefer, whichever one you have, and check it out, right? The one, the price, all you're doing is taking the over-under. There's no juice on either side. The ones you like the most, you're putting into an eight-team lineup. You like the ones the most, they go at the top, they get the most points, the ones you're most confident in, vice versa for the ones at the bottom. And we have no house advantage projections. We have uh, for free every single day of the week at awesome.com. The no house advantage optimal lineups tool, which is totally free every day at awesome.com. Take advantage of all of that, the free tools, the uh, sign up bonus when you use the promo code awesome. And uh, as they say, beat your friends, not the house over at no house advantage. Again, uh, no house advantage.com app store, Google play, wherever you want to check it out and use that promo code. Awesome. All right. So, Justin Jefferson up top. And then, like you said, it would be miraculous if Adam Thielen was able to, to get on the field today. It would have been, it's not something I anticipated happening, but he, he practiced. I know. I, I can't believe it. It's nuts. It, it, it's, it felt like he was going to be, he, he missed what one week. I thought he was going to be out for the regular season. I thought, yeah, I thought it was a high ankle sprain. This dude's crazy. I don't know what the Minnesota training staff does but getting cook ready to play after a week getting feeling potentially ready to play That's a here. good point I'm like my That's goodness a good point yeah i mean as an eagles fan i watch these guys go down for for the year on on a, what feels like a minor injury so yeah that's that's true these guys always manage to get back on the field so hey, they can't beat the lions but they, they they'll be out there for it they're playing uh, the bears so i don't know if they're that much worse i know these divisional games, though, man, divisional games can always be can always be tricky. Have they not faced the Bears? Do they play the Bears twice to close out the year? They must. I think you're right. I think they do. Doesn't make doesn't make a difference for the Bears, but yeah, they 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 play them in Week 18 as well. So yeah, this is actually the first time they'll face each other this season, Matt. I know you said Jefferson could be a guy that. When you say you leave out, you mean probably have less of than, than guys like Dalvin Cook on the same team because you can't play all of the expensive players. But what if Thielen plays? Yeah, that, that's the main cog in this. If Thielen plays, I have less interest in Jefferson. His target volume just spikes without Thielen. We saw 15 targets last week. The game where Thielen went down, 14 targets. Prior to that, Thielen 11. only played like six snaps in that game too, so he's basically out. Right. And then like the three previous games, target counts of 9, 10, 11, which is still great volume but it's just in a different stratosphere without feeling the one thing I'll say, and this is going to be kind of like a little, little game theory thing. There's four bell cow backs on this slate. If Thielen misses the game, I think just playing Jefferson could give you a competitive advantage because you're going to get similar touches, no matter who, which back you play. But I don't know if you can replicate the 15 targets that Jefferson and Renfro are going to see. So I think this might be a spot if Thielen is out where you just want to jam the overall targets, but it's going to be a little volatile. Again, they're favored. And when they are favored, they like to ride cook, but I mean, that volume is just really, really strong. So the Landry news for me is huge because Jarvis Landry actually has a 27, 28% target share since Odell's last game. He's been peppered. And as you see, Baker Mayfield will get him the ball. Sometimes it's underwhelming production overall, but double digit targets in back-to-back weeks. He has 28 looks over his last three games. 
this is a really big spot. And that's why I said this will be one of uh, this will be a shorter show than we normally do, Matt, because we're basically telling you what we need to look out for. If Landry's out, that means guys like Donovan Peoples-Jones, who's been getting a, a lot of deep targets, which makes him pretty appealing. Like that price point, I think, is too low if Landry sits. Uh, he would be viable. Like you said, Higgins, not exciting, but you're going to be getting him at, at, at basically nothing. So I, I'm looking at this site now or at this spot now and saying if Landry plays or doesn't play, that's going to have a big impact on this slate. It's going to have a massive impact. You're, you're losing your alpha. But I, I kind of want to extend this to the tight ends too and talk about the pass catchers for Cleveland as a whole because when they have a full complement of receivers, they'll use a lot of 12 personnel. But Austin Hooper is on COVID and Harrison Bryant's hurt. He's questionable for the game. He would be another surprise if he did play. But if you're down to just Njoku, I think Cleveland has to use three wide receivers more often. So Donovan Peoples-Jones is locked on the field no matter what. From there, I think the number two is Higgins. But then if you don't have these tight ends, I think you might see Anthony Schwartz play a little bit. He's a rookie who's been hurt the entire year. He's kind of like this burner down the field. And for large field tournaments, I think these are the spots you want to pay attention to. I don't think anyone's going to play Anthony Schwartz. And if the dice kind of roll in his favor, he's a guy that could be on the field a little more than we expect. But ultimately, we don't know if Landry's going to play because of the COVID protocols. We just won't have this information until this afternoon. So a lot rides on it, honestly. But ultimately, to your point earlier in the show, this could be a spot where maybe you try to play a min price receiver in a whoever it may be, Schwartz or Higgins, and that could allow you to get Cook, Chubb, Jefferson, whoever it may be. Right, exactly. Now, this was also a team in Cleveland that they had even more guys that were out already that I, I think have a chance to play. Had they played on Saturday, it would have been absolutely over. But I guess let's talk about Renfro for a second here. How do you not like Hunter Renfro? I know it's not the easiest matchup, but – this guy absolutely getting an insane target share lately. Clearly Derek Carr's favorite target. I'm really not sure there's any reason not to like him at 6,500. He might not be the most explosive receiver out there, Matt, but it's not just that he gets targeted a ton. He's catching like 90% of passes thrown his way. Yeah, that's the only difference between him and Justin Jefferson is he's not as explosive. Volume's the same. And for Renfro, it's not going to change. For Jefferson, it might drop if Thielen plays. Renfro is like $2,000 under price. He should be an $8,000 receiver. He's 6,500. I think he's probably the best play on the entire slate price adjusted. And there's obviously merits for leaving him out in tournaments. You can stack other Raiders options, but if you're playing cash, low risk contests, small field stuff, Renfro should be one of the first players in your lineup. I think you're right. I don't see any way. I don't see any reason he is this cheap. He shouldn't be cheaper than Adam Thielen. I'll tell you that much. And he should be 8k right below Jefferson. He really should at this point. Yeah. Cause if you're getting nine receptions, 10 receptions a game, and it's actually pretty sustainable given the fact that Waller's out, what do you want to do with, what do you want to do with some of these value guys? Um, you know, KJ Osborne, if Adam Thielen sits again, another reason to tune in the live before lock Donovan people's Jones. We talked about him. If Landry's out, I think we both like him. Uh, and then some of these much, much less expensive players, Deshaun Jackson has that upside as a deep threat. Zay Jones, Demir Bird, anybody else down here that you think stands out amongst the others? I think the best value plays potentially come from Chicago. And this you're always going to have to figure out what the, what the injury news is. But Chicago has a lot of players in COVID, Allen Robinson among them. 
So they're the team that's probably going to be throwing the most outside of Las Vegas. Las Vegas is actually the team impacted the least by these COVID news. So you kind of know what Vegas is going to do. These players like Jackson Jones are all going to rotate in with each other, play their specific roles. But for Chicago, you might be getting some really cheap options down here. So Allen Robinson's 4,100. He's on the COVID list. I would say he's unlikely to play, but if he's out, I mean, you're talking about Mooney, the clear alpha, but then you have Demir Bird at 3,400, Keem Grant. Those guys are extremely cheap, and Chicago should be throwing because of game script. Cleveland, I think, is the second most intriguing situation because of Landry. So you might just get Donovan Peoples-Jones, number one receiver at 4,200. And then Minnesota, I have the least interest in. K.J. Osborne's somewhat interesting, but he's more expensive than the Bears and the Cleveland guys. And he runs the risk of being the number three if Thielen returns. And at best, he's the number two, whereas on Cleveland, like people's Jones might be the one. So he is intriguing, but just a little less so compared to the other options in the slate. That's a good point, though. People's Jones could be the number one option in that offense today. Yeah, for passing. Uh, is, do you think there's any way Allen Robinson plays? Yeah, I mean, he's, he appears to be over the hamstring, but he's on COVID. So right, it, that's it, what I mean. It seems to be pretty cut and dry for these guys. Like they just have to test negative and we have no idea whether they'll be activated or not. Do you know what time they have to, like, I was wondering this, do you know what time that news has to come through? I thought it was four o'clock. I think you're right. But, but that was for, I think that's for the IR. That's the only thing. So I don't know. I don't know if that's for both. I don't know if that's for the COVID reserve list or, or, or for just the IR, but I don't know either. We'll definitely have that news before we, before we start the live before lock show tonight. There's no doubt yeah. about that. I hope they're getting tested this morning and Shefty's just got his ears to the streets. <laughs> I, the only thing that sucks, like with, with Robinson out, when Mooney was in there with Andy Dalton, he, he was getting some serious love. And he had a couple really nice games with Andy Dalton in there uh, at quarterback. Even if Robinson's out, he's been such a non-factor anyway. Sure, he was targeted six times last game, but wasn't really able to do much with them at all. This is one of those spots where and I, I had a great night with this showdown between Chicago and the Packers because I was just spraying with guys like Grant and Demir Bird. At the same time, though, Matt, I mean, the volume is, is so spread out when they're throwing the football that there's no real good option regardless, even if Robinson sits. You're talking about like two target guys, three, four target guys, hoping that one of them takes one to the house like Bird and Grant did against the Packers. Yeah, it, that's interesting to me because it hasn't always been the case. Like going back four or five weeks, Mooney was the clear, just pure alpha receiver. But you highlighted a good point. A lot of that did come with Dalton. I think if you're just trying to play th this game, like who's the most likely to su succeed for Chicago – it is Mooney, but perhaps he's a player you leave out of your lineup to jam in extra studs. And like I built this morning, I, I don't know why it was a daunting task, but <laughs> there's some constructions I think where you could punt twice at receiver and jam in like an extra stud and stuff like that in order to maybe get like a Jefferson in your lineup. But among the players in the mid price range, I would rather play Renfro it's just tough once you get below Renfro. You're dealing with a lot of guys that I think are really volatile. And Mooney is starting to enter that conversation. I have a question for you, though. If Mooney and Robinson are both active, would you have a preference between the two? Yeah, it'd be Mooney. Just because Robinson's been so bad? Yeah. 
But honestly, yeah, and I think Mooney has more of that big play potential. They're not using Robinson the right way. I agree with you. And I think Robinson, like Robinson, when he returned last week, that definitely hurt Mooney. It's just uh, we don't know if Robinson's going to play. But I'm saying even if Robinson's out, do you really love Mooney with Fields at quarterback? No, I would rather get up to Renfro and then punt. Right, right. Like I, I still don't really love Darnell Mooney. I mean, Sure, you'll get a little bit of exposure to the guy, but nah, I I don't like anybody here. Like you said, just pay up a thousand dollars. Renfro being a thousand dollars more expensive than Mooney is is absurd. Truly absurd. It's the is he not the most egregiously priced player in the slate, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. A hundred percent. I don't think it's even close, as a matter of fact. I don't think it's close. He was 7,300 on Saturday, too, which is hilarious because that was supposed to be a two-game slate as well. And now he's 65. Yeah, I man, I don't, I don't know. They dropped him $800. Yeah. It's weird. Anyway, hey, hit that thumbs up. Talk about tight ends here. Uh, and then build a lineup. Subscribe to the channel, too, if you haven't done so yet. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us every morning here for these usually showdown shows. But today, we've got ourselves a two-game slate with a lot of moving parts and a lot of uncertainty. So be sure to tune in to Live Before Lock when you can. Um, Darren Waller out again. It leaves us with Tyler Conklin and Foster Moreau and David Njoku, who on Saturday was 2,800. They've boosted him to 36. I, I think if Austin Hooper and Jarvis Landry are out, he'll probably be my preferred tight end option here in the event that Hooper and Landry can't get onto the field. Yeah, I think you're right. But, man, that, that is just so much injury news. I know. And the tight end position is so volatile by itself. Man, it, Njoku, he would stand to benefit not just from those injuries, but the injuries among the receivers. Because he can flex out in the slot. He's so athletic and big-bodied. There's a chance if the, the COVID absences shake out the right way that Njoku becomes a very strong play on this slate. But, man, it's just so tough to talk about right now because we have no idea. We don't. Because what happens if Hooper does play? Then he's back to being 20, or excuse me, like a 45% of the snap player. Yeah, and probably overpriced. So yeah. who do you like at tight end? The, the safest guy is probably Komet. Yeah, you're <laughs> probably right. Don't feel good about it. Like with, with Komet, there's nobody that's going to cannibalize him. I see some people in the chat talking about Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham is like a situational player. Unfortunately, Jimmy Graham gets used a lot in the red zone, which I don't like. I wish they would just give those balls to Komet because I don't why, – why can't Komet do exactly what Jimmy Graham does in the red zone? I think he can, but the Bears don't. But outside of him, like it's probably Foster Moreau. Are they the, the two safest tight ends on the slate? I think so. And I don't and think I, they're safe. Agreed. Right? Like they're, not, they're not safe. But as far as safety goes amongst these other guys – Probably. And, and yeah, you're right. Jimmy Graham runs like four routes a game at this point. It's just, they're all, they're all in the end zone. It's so frustrating. It's very frustrating, but no. Uh, yeah. Okay. So Foster Moreau against Cleveland. Like he's going to play it, every snap. We know, we know that. Exactly. That's kind of the thing here. Foster Moreau and Cole Komet. Yeah, you're right. I think Njoku would vault them both. He would. If injuries shake the right way, though. If Landry and Hooper are out. If Hooper's out, I still think it's good for Njoku. No doubt. Like, no doubt about that either. But it would make a big difference otherwise. And, and let me say, too, that 
Harrison Bryant's dealing with that ankle injury as well. If Harrison Bryant and Austin Hooper are out, it, it makes even more sense to get to a lot of David and Joker. Yeah, 100% agree. The guy I think that's a little forgotten is Tyler Conklin, and he's safe in terms of his role on the field. It's just that no matter what happens, he's like the third or fourth option. He's like even behind Dallin Cook in terms of receiving. So Conklin, I think, is really volatile, and he's also more expensive than Cole Kmet and Foster Moreau. So he's kind of the guy I like least out of the group, but we're talking about a bunch of really average tight ends that we're only considering because we have to. Let's build a lineup then and see how it goes. And CCS, don't you guys think defense are going to key in on Renfro now? There's a path where Renfro fails. But here's the thing. Why haven't they been keying in on him recently? If they had, Look at his reception, right? I mean, he does a lot with a little. You're going to get the PPR production. And the biggest thing for me, Matt, is even if that's the case, he's wildly underpriced. So you have to take into consideration how cheap this guy is compared to where he should be in terms of target share. Yeah, there's two things I'll say to that. One, he's a great route runner. So we've seen him like dice up Jalen Ramsey and stuff. And two, like the Raiders have been killed so bad in games. And that's very much in the possibility years when they're down score multiple scores. Defenses aren't going to press Renfro at the line of scrimmage. They're going to give up these little five yard receptions and then try to tackle him and make Las Vegas kill the clock on their way to scoring down the field if they end up getting there even. So like there's a lot of chance for off coverage late in the game where Renfro can just pick up easy receptions. And I'm not really worried about matchups. It's it's just like when you try to factor in matchups for every single player, it's not something that your brain can hold. Let's build a lineup and head out, Matt. We've got quarterback position. Where do you want to start? I think Fields has got to be the guy. I'm with you. And then I'm going to throw Chubb in at running back. Love Chubb. So right now I'm going to operate under the assumption that Thielen plays. And if that's the case, I do prefer Dalvin Cook to Justin Jefferson. Do you do you, do you view that the same way? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I do agree with you there. Just insane volume. This should not be a negative game script. I like it. I'm going Renfro here. We have to. I, I know There's, we're getting a little low. Maybe we should throw a defense or something in and see. Well, no, I like that. Up. I was I was gonna I was gonna pick Renfro next, honestly. So from there, I think we could do we could just punt. Like why why not play Richard Higgins? Let's do it. Assuming that Landry's out. Yes, of, of course. And that's why watch live before lock. That opens a little bit up. Uh, you, we're just we're not going to get to Jefferson here, so I'm going to go. It's a two I think, game. I slate. think we gotta play Jacobs or Montgomery in the flex. I don't know which one, and I don't really have a strong preference between the two, but I think we need at least one of them. I think we go Montgomery. Okay, I like him a little more than Jacobs. Me too. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a tight end at that because we let's go. Let's go in Joku here and just – that, that'll make three Cleveland players. I guess it doesn't matter on a slate like this. Maybe – oh, no, let's go Cole Komet because we have Justin Fields. That makes the most sense. All right, Cole Komet. So, at most, we have 3,200 for a defense. We have one wide receiver left, and we're in the mid-price range, which is yeah. not great but not terrible. I think we're going to end up with three players from some team regardless. Let me throw a defense in and you pick the final player. What defense do you want to go with? Just to, just to see what happens here. Let's go Cleveland. All right. I think they're the best. <laughs> we have enough for Darnell Mooney on the dot. No, we have enough for Thielen. Do we really? Yeah. You said Oh, Higgins, yeah, you're right. right? You're right. <clears throat> we have 6,700. Man. That's an interesting lineup. 
he's risky, but if he plays, I mean, you have to assume Minnesota is going to use him at this point after what they did with cook last time. Right. For sure. Or you could do this, right? This is a, a two for two swap that will be identical salary difference. If you, if you wanted Higgins or Thielen, you could do that, or you could go um, Mooney and people's Jones. Oh, that's a good one too. Especially if I like that more if Robinson is out. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, Robinson being out still helps Mooney. I just don't love Darnell Mooney. Is I agree with you. But to your point, we're playing fields. So now he's double stacked. I think that's the best way to run him. I mean, it's a small slate. You're going you're gonna to end up with a team that probably has like three or four of one team anyway, just naturally. But w- with fields at quarterback, I'm happier that it ended up this way. For sure. So you can make some pretty good lineups. Yeah. And I, I like that there's four premier backs. I think that's going to help with ownership. So it's not all condensed on the same three players. I like that a lot. And then I think picking between your studs, Cook, Chubb, and Jefferson is going to be the key to the slate. And right now, I don't have a good read on it. We need to watch live before lock for sure. But it's, a, it's an interesting two-game slate with the way that roster construction looks at this point. Our NFL single game top plays tool for the showdowns tonight, entirely free. You don't need a subscription or anything. NBA player rankings are free. NHL player rankings, all free over at awesome.com. Uh, And if you want to get, Matt, what do we have? $25 for projections and to content for all of the bowl games coming up. I think it's good through the sec, uh, through the 22nd. Yeah, you can sign up with that through Wednesday. It's $25 for projections through the entire bowl season. And there's games almost every single day. I didn't count the slates, but you're, you're getting like 25 slates. It's, it's unbelievable. I can't believe it's this cheap. Okay. Awesome. Bowl season, all caps, all one word. Check that out. So if you had to go with just a little final, final thoughts here before we head out, uh, if you had to go with one or two players, that in these large field tournaments can differentiate you, but still put you in a decent spot, who would they be right now? So I, I think all the runners are going to be very owned for good reason. I think you can get different with where you play receivers. And this is good. I, like, I'm, I'm playing Renfro no matter what, but the differentiation to me might just be among these really cheap receivers who we're not sure have a clear role. So like for Cleveland, for example, a lot of people are interested in Richard Higgins for good reason. He's been the guy that's been on the field most, but you have Schwartz coming back from an injury. So that's a guy they spent a day to pick on. He's a burner. Does he play an elevated role? Well, we don't know, but those are the situations where I'll take a shot on the uncertainty at much lower ownership and hopefully it pays off. Sometimes it will, sometimes it won't, but that's the kind of situation I'm looking at. I think you can do the same thing with Chicago if Allen Robinson sits out whichever players lower on between Jakeem Grant and Demir Bird, those punt receivers today, people are going to play a lot of them, but I think there's the potential for leverage. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. And I think too, if you really want to get crazy, because there's, I mean, these are real large field tournaments, some of them, Nick Chubb and Dearness Johnson in the same lineup, maybe if, if say uh, Jarvis Landry and all these pass catchers are out, if they can lean on the run, that might be a spot. We've seen it happen before where Kareem Hunt and Chubb both have decent games, and this is only a two-game slate. So uh, a lot of ways, Deshaun Jackson, you know, some of these cheap options for, for Las Vegas that'll get some deep balls. I think there's plenty of ways to go about it. And not only that, Matt, you know, there's, there's ways to be different where you're playing the defense maybe against two players from the team. 
uh, that you're going up against. And they get a pick six, but they also give up some points. And there, there's there's a lot of ways to get creative here without having to go insanely dumb to a guy that plays, you know, 2% of snaps. For sure. I want to ask you one last question, roster construction. I don't like this, but the one way I was able to jam Cook, Chubb, and Jefferson was playing two tight ends. Is that too much to give up, you think? foregoing a Montgomery and a Josh Jacobs? Because I saw some people in chat talking about two tight ends too. So I want to at least raise the question. I mean, there aren't, it's not a good position, but I but suppose- like you're, you're punt, The thesis I think is you're punting anyway. So instead right. of playing like a Anthony Schwartz, what's the difference between him and- And Morrell or something? Yeah, or Bryant, if he plays, you, you know what I'm saying? I guess there isn't a big difference, yeah. The only not, thing I'll say about that is you're foregoing one of the elite running backs by playing two tight ends. So Jefferson needs to be amazing. That's a very good point. Yeah. Very good point. It's going to, yeah, exactly. You're sacrificing talent at, at the best position right now in order to do that. Yeah. I think that's the, that's where I'm at right now. I'm not going to be running two tight ends, but I played around with it once I saw people in chat talking. Well, you guys definitely stick around for Live Before Lock. The NF or NBA strategy show is coming up right now. Well, not right now, actually. 10 o'clock Eastern time. We got a ton of stuff throughout the day. Be sure to check it all out on the YouTube channel, the Awesome Odds channel as well. Amazing sports betting content. Follow Matt at Matt underscore Gajeski, me at Lafay underscore D. Like I said, a bit of a quicker show today. Try and get you through everything. Prep you. For we get when we get close to 5 p.m. Live before lock will start at four o'clock with Matt Savoka and myself. Then you got more basketball content throughout the night as well. Thanks for hanging out as always, guys. Hit that thumbs up before you go, and we'll catch you back here for the next one. Peace.